listeners. Welcome to the Fandalorian podcast. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Liz. I am joined by one of my fabulous co-hosts, Mike. Yeah. And this other dude, again, just crashing the party. You're stuck with me. I made you dinner. He did make me dinner. This is my husband, Derek, and he made us um, lamb loins, right? They were lamb loins. They were not lamb chops. Oh, with homemade pesto. Oof, fancy. I know. Yeah, I even got the food processor out. He did. I mean, good Mm -hmm. luck washing that with the bottles later. Oh, I'm bougie. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you have for dinner, Mike? Uh, We made a homemade hamburger helper in the Instant Pot. It was not great. It was not great. (laughs) Oh, it wasn't? (laughs) In what way? It was... uh, really thick like it was not (laughs) (laughs) that's not the word i was expecting (laughs) there's no other way to describe it it was uh, thick (laughs) okay we're off to a great start there we're gonna talk about episode four oh my gosh chapter four chapter four thank you um and break down yeah, everything that happened, and then plus we got some cool theories about whatever the hell's going on with Baby Yoda and where he comes from. Mm-hmm. Yoda Jr.? Baby Yoda? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I think we're sticking with Baby Yoda just because that sounds really cute, mm-hmm. looks really cute, and it's got the word baby in it. But, you know, let's just... First, what'd you think of the episode? Mike, you go first. I I thought it was a really good episode. Like, it had kind of a lot of everything right like you had you know sort of a quasi love interest Mm -hmm. with whatever that lady's name was that i don't remember because we'll never see her again so it's no unimportant um (laughs) we got a bunch of backstory about who the mandalorian is and some of like their beliefs we got like an all-out battle happening with trenches and uh stick fighting um had like an old school walker in there as well oh um, that was so cool the atst ador- is not what it yeah, is yeah like um adorable yoda moments baby yoda moments like all over the place like <laughs> i don't know i don't know what else you could really ask for out of an episode yeah it's very true i think one of the biggest realizations for me was uh that he takes his helmet off to eat I was like, oh, I guess he has to take his helmet off at some point, unless he just really stinks under there. Well, it had to be clarified, you know, like, it's, no, the deal is no one else sees your face. Mm-hmm. So it's that, like, whole, like, it, which is timely with what we talked about in last week's episode. It's that whole deal of um, putting, instilling that mentality in the Mandalorians that, you know, this this conceals you from the world and encapsulates you in our culture and our beliefs. And it's kind of, you know, like, like a religious thing. If you're, you know, a priest or, you know, a rabbi or whatever, you have these uniforms that keep you, I don't want to say in check with what Mm -hmm. you're supposed to do, but you know, it keeps you in that zone, if you will. And it's needed too, because as, um, I don't want to say as human species, but just as species in general, especially in the star Wars world, all the species have some sort of humanity in them and that they seek love, they seek companionship. And we showed in this, they showed in this episode that he still wants that. 
you know, cause it's a mm-hmm. lonely life. And the fact that he even let her touch his helmet, that potential love interest, you know, shows that I think he already made his decision before he told her no, but he, you know, he's considering it. He thought about it. He's already kind of breaking their code, but kind of not really because their code, I feel like is a little twisted with this fall of the empire. Mm-hmm. Like the code is more, uh, we stick together versus we seek a bounty or whatever, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Now I'm getting off on a tangent, but yeah. Oh, well, well, you know that the code, like that struck me as interesting just because that's not really what we've seen from Mandalorians when we have seen them in other parts of star Wars, like the whole helmet has to stay on thing. Like mm-hmm. we've only ever seen them really in the cartoons, but they didn't have that kind of steadfast rule. I mean, um, Sabine is a main character in star Wars rebels. She's never wearing her helmet. Dude, she we only... noticed that. Cause we just started yeah. watching rebels after last week. She yeah. only wears it in battle. Yeah. I was like, what the heck? So she's not, wearing it all the time or and even when they go to their planet they're not wearing it and so like it just makes me wonder about this particular group like are they doing it out of some sort of necessity after the fall of the empire mm-hmm. are they some sort of weird splinter group from like the main mandalorians because we don't really know what's going on with the rest of them i mean mm-hmm. the last time we saw them was during the empire and they i mean maybe not huge numbers but like they existed more than you know, a handful under the ground. So it just, it it really makes me wonder how, like what is going on with this group specifically? Like, why are they behaving in this way as opposed to what we've seen from previous Mandalorians? And they've said, you Mm -hmm. know, you brought up last week, Mike, about how there are clans. And I don't remember exactly what was said in episode four or chapter four of the Mandalorian, but she said something, the love interest that alluded to, I know you guys have tribes or something. Like, I forget exactly Mm -hmm. what she said, but she alluded to the fact that that she was aware there were different tribes. And so it's, that's not improbable to me that he's a part of some tribe that's super, super, I don't know, strict's the right word, but whatever about their helmets. But he also said, no one has seen my face outside of me since he was like 11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this That's is like insane. a serious Mandalorian yeah. tribe. Yeah. yeah, they're they're hardcore about it. Extremists. It could be like anything else, you know, they're just super extreme about their practice of Mandalorianism. If that's a thing. Well, there are Jedi like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like Anakin obviously was a millennial Jedi. Absolutely. You know, and then Before you have Obi was, was Obi wasn't as I think I feel like he was more moderate mm-hmm. but then you have obi-wan or obi-wan qui-gon purist who was, yeah he's a purist to the fullest so i don't know it's just that's i like Samuel that that's L. a jackson has a purple freaking lightsaber that's because he's I, i'm very surprised he wasn't like they were like all right you say your name's mace windu and he was like it's just Samuel. I'm I'm playing myself. Samuel. <laughs> uh, just call me I am, badass motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. I'm master motherfucker. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But, okay. So, I think we can all collectively agree that as a whole in this episode, you know, what the biggest takeaway should be, we have learned a little bit more about Mandalorian culture. Mm-hmm. We have further instilled that he's ready to rock and roll with 
going full force and protecting baby Yoda because he definitely could have left him there. But as soon as he found out there were trackers there, he's like, oh no, we got to go. Nope. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, let's talk about our new character who's on the poster, but, but this is the first time we've seen her. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is the last time we'll see her either. No. No. And no way. It, it, so are there now the bar scene where we are first introduced to her? She said something where like I've claimed this planet, like whatever. And so that was another thing we learned um about kind of the world of bounty hunting. Like there's also some sort of code in terms of different like being in exile and like, yeah, it's like yeah. no, I claim this place first, right? And is her name pronounced Kara Dune or Kara? Kara? Did she say Kara? I think Kara. I would say Kara. Yeah. yeah. Kara. Well, that's what we're gonna say. Yeah, we're gonna say Kara. <laughs> um, the authoritative decision yeah. has been made. So I like that these, and, and that's also kind of something we, that we saw with um, Han Solo. Mm-hmm. He definitely was a little more like cowboy, but mm-hmm. I like that you know, they're continuing that if you're kind of this like solo renegade, there's still some sort of code where she's like, Hey man, I was here first. You got to find somewhere else to hide out mm-hmm. or we battle it out. Yeah. And that's just how <laughs> it is. And he was like, all right, we got to go. Still honor, honor amongst thieves or whatever the saying is. Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. So what are your thoughts on Kara? I, you know, I liked her. Um, I mean, she was, she was a badass character. She saved baby Yoda's life. Um, so that alone, that was a huge deal. Like yeah. that, that alone makes you amazing. I assume we're gonna see her again because she's on the poster. But at the same time, that droid is on the poster, and he got shot in the head. So <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But you know, I mean, she's a former soldier, right? She was in the rebellion. I, it feels like after getting this kind of taste with Mando, that she's not gonna want to be done with it like she thought she was you know like maybe she was content to live on her planet drinking and just living but maybe now after getting sort of this you know extra experience that she's going to want to kind of follow him whether he lets her or not hard to say but uh, it, it doesn't feel like the last time we've seen her yeah i suspect they'll run into each other again and the next time baby yoda will show his power which i think will give her a greater purpose behind staying around especially being a soldier you know a soldier for the rebellion yep. she wasn't forced to be that like she definitely misses that sense of pride mm-hmm. and um i yeah she's definitely coming back around yeah and just the action of it i mean she said yeah. in the episode that she bolted on the rebellion because she was tired she didn't want to just be a peacekeeper you know, like mm-hmm. they were just once the empire falls, they're just keeping the peace. They're not, you know, she wanted to fight. She wanted to yep. do, you know, be in the middle of it. So I, I'm sure she sees him as a really good opportunity to kind of, you know, get back in it rather than sitting around out of the action. And I love how, like, we were talking about this, especially with casting in, I won't say Star Wars, but like, you know, all sci-fi fantasy, like usually that kind of character, they try and as a woman, I feel like I can say this trope them up to be like, I don't know. Not that she's not, I think she's very sexy, Mm -hmm. but just her demeanor and the way that she was buff, like, excuse Mm -hmm. me, an actual soldier. 
would be, you know, like mm -hmm. some rail thin skinny bitch ain't going to be doing that, you <laughs> no. know, kind of, so, you know, unless they're like some sort of like crazy martial artist, but it was like, no, she was throwing punches, kicking ass and taking names. And you got to have some muscle to do that. And she's yeah. just like this big, strong, badass character. And that's another reason I think they're totally going to bring her back in because there are so many female Star Wars fans and they want to see a badass female character. And a lot of, I mean, I will say, I think the strongest outside of Carrie Fisher, because she's, you know, Carrie Fisher, mm -hmm. Princess Leia, but the strongest female characters overall that check all the boxes are in the cartoons. Yeah. You know, so we, and I want to see some live action badassery and yes mm -hmm. there's ray but you know ray's just now been introduced and we've we had six movies before ray yeah and sure. we just had carrie fisher like that was fucking it yep yeah queen amadala but i mean sort of barely sort of and i'm a massive natalie portman fan you know i'm excited i can't wait for her to see her as lady thor but you know they just they kind of they did her dirty and yeah sick. i was about to say they that was badly written that wasn't her fault no, because the way they would, and this has been getting off on a, oh, is this our first side note? <laughs> side note. Okay, side I note. I think the whole thick hamburger helper dinner was our first side note. Wait, we recorded that part, right? Uh, yes. Okay, yeah. good. Thank God. That's Thank how we started. God. Oh, that is. Okay, gotcha. That's, that just goes to show our listeners what fucking goes on before we even start recording. <laughs> um, so, what was I going to say? Oh, if, side note, and everyone knows this too, if, Amidala, from what they showed Padme, from how they portrayed Padme in Phantom Menace and episode two, she would have gone down fighting. She never would have just yep. given up during yeah, childbirth. So bad. If she died during childbirth, it was Terrible. being like screaming strong, you know, like, and it was just like a bunch of lost blood or something. It wasn't that she just her heart gave out. She like, like lost no. the will. The, yeah, like it was like she ruled the like a planet. Like yep. no, mm -hmm. she's fine. So bad, so bad. It's so silly. But just you know, Annie, I can't follow. This is like you're going down a path I can't follow. You're breaking my heart. Ugh. Everything about oh, that God. was absolutely terrible. Well, and coming from, and I feel like George Lucas, and I know. Honestly, I do believe it's harmless when he does this. I think it's just because he's just a man and he don't know. But it's like all of a sudden she gets pregnant and she becomes like weak. Like just speaking from personal experience, I am the most productive when I get pregnant. I am the most alert, the most demanding, the most aggressive. One, because you're not drinking. Okay. Like if I, like my next big writing project, I'm probably going to get pregnant again just so I can finish it. That's how productive <laughs> you are. So it's like, no, you ain't weak. You got to get shit done before that baby comes. Well, to be fair to George Lucas, he's also a man that's obsessed with, you know, trade federations and midichlorians. So, <laughs> you know, did you, say. side note to the side note, did okay. you, I read, a, <laughs> I, I read a story about how J.J. Abrams, I think it was, met with George Lucas to like talk about, whatever the direction of star wars or where he's going with his movies or whatever and they asked him how he went and jj Abrams' response was man that man loves his midichlorians oh my god <laughs> like <laughs> what like he's still trying to push them in like oh gee let like, it go dude, george dude 
dude, you gotta let, you gotta let this go, man. Like, Oh, he's so. trying to Tolkien himself into, yeah. You know, well, see, see, that's okay. That's a good segue into what I really want to talk to you guys about is baby Yoda and his, you know, origin and all this stuff. So we know there was a female Yoda species in um, Phantom Menace named Yaddle. She was on the council. Okay. Do we think that baby Yoda is the child of Yaddle and Yoda with this note, keep in mind that we don't know how their species procreates. There's some rumors out there that they only, um, procreate or they like have to procreate at certain points in their life. There's that theory going around also, Oh, this is how it with the George Lucas thing to tie it all back around. George Lucas has notoriously said he never wanted um, anything to be known about the Yoda species. Like he's, you know, he famously said he's a product of Kermit the Frog and Ms. Piggy. I were keeping this very, you know, out in the the verse. He's just kind of Yoda. And then there are a bunch of stuff that came out where there are a bunch of other characters of Yoda species. And this is what I wanted to ask you about, Mike these stories are no longer canon with the purchase of Lucas films. No, none of it. Right. Really. Okay. Yeah. Oh, other Yoda species. Yes. So, gotcha. cause there are some people out there saying, no, there are other Yoda species, but then through the reddits, they said, no, 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 no. Those aren't canon anymore. Yeah. None it was of called that. A-E-U, what was that? Yeah. They used to call it expanded universe. And then oh, okay, yeah. Disney changed it to legends, I guess is the new name for kind of all of the books and stories that. Okay no longer gotcha. really exist okay in disney's eyes anyway so for this specific television series listeners the only species the only characters of this species that we have seen and that are canon are yaddle and yoda or yep. yodel as well is that like their ship name yodel <laughs> yodel yodel so yodel. even though um uh, Okay, so quick question with Disney. <laughs> well, now I'm like, you know, getting all into this. So when Disney bought Lucasfilms, that was after episodes one through three, correct? Mm. Or during? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I think it was after. I think it was after. So then they just decided, yeah, we're going to keep those canon because, you know, they're blockbuster features. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, so and they may fair, not even acknowledge Yaddle. No, they do because what the Disney's said, or whoever's running the Star Wars side of Disney, they've said that you know the only thing when they made that decision to wipe the EU from canon, um, they pretty much said that the only things that are canon are the six movies and the cartoon series, and that was mm. you know kind of at the time. And now we've got you know Rogue One, and we've got the new ones, and some of the comic books, um, and some of like the other tie-in books that they've produced now are all canon so there's okay. like some of that but you know in disney's defense because they get a lot of shit for that like because people really liked a lot of the mm -hmm. eu um the eu was kind of a mess like I say it'd be too much to keep track of yeah on like that it, scale like and some of it contradicted mm -hmm. other parts of it like there was no one like source of canon right like you had books that contradicted other books and it just uh, you you couldn't have a stream of canon from that because it's just 
too all over the place. Yeah, and how do you decide um, what stays and what goes? That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and it really hand. I mean, it really ties their hands on what they could do. Like in those canon books, I mean, Luke's married and he's got like a bunch of kids, and like <clears throat> some of them what? are Jedi and some of them are Sith. And like, if you have that all as canon, then you've pretty much you're done with your original stories. Like you have to follow those books or nothing. So yeah, it's probably okay. the right decision to wipe most of that. Um, but some of it they brought back. I mean, like, like the Thrawn series is like super popular. was like a really popular right. EU um, series. Like they brought that back. Like he, it was like redone for Canon. So like it becomes part of it now. So mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. That's interesting. 2012 was when Disney bought Lucasfilm. Oh, so way after. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So I wanted to talk about some fun things that, uh, I read in this popular mechanics article. (laughs) So they talked to like, so this is funny. They talked to like eight actual genetic scientists just to say like, okay, if this was real, like what is the science behind this? Let's throw midichlorians out the window. Wow. And based on what we know about the species, you know, he's 50 years old, but he's like a baby. Yoda died at 900 years old. Um, Some fun facts. Developmentally, baby Yoda, though he's 50 years old, is like a human one-year-old. That checks out, right? Yes. Doesn't really speak, kind of. Right. So it's kind of like dog years kind of thing, kind of situation. So... They said, what, baby battle is typically during the first 12 months, but some children may say their first words as early as nine months. But by four years old, they should be speaking fluently in a way that strangers can understand. So because he has an advance beyond cooing and baby gibberish, he's probably at, at most maybe a year old, if we're comparing to the human species. And that would mean he wouldn't be speaking full sentences for maybe like another couple hundred years. 100 years wow. or so oh. yikes but that's just based on like the science of humans <laughs> and how that would like apply based on what they know um which is kind of i don't know just kind of interesting sad i want to see oh, baby yoda like grow well but they said wait hold on now here's this next paragraph the developmental lagging probably won't last for long though okay so i take it back if baby yoda <laughs> matures at the same timetable as old school yoda he should become a Jedi master at the age of a hundred or in human years when he's approximately 10 years old. So there's a massive cognitive leap with the Yoda species that we see gradually as humans, but goes like super fast mm-hmm. for their species. I could see that. He seems way more aware than your standard one-year-old. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. The whole like lifting of animals with the force. Okay. Yeah. yeah generally. One-year-olds can't do right. that. Right, okay. Um, that was actually the only interesting thing I found out of that article, but I thought it was worth discussing. <laughs> I, I agree. So what, do you, so what do you guys think? I mean, you think that it's from, that it's the love child of Yodel or Yada or whatever the ship name is, Bonin? Right. We, remember, we discussed in the first episode, Yoda bones. Right, so, Yoda he does, does bone. bone. He bones. Um, yeah, I think... I think so. I think it's it's got to be because, uh, especially because of the timing of it all, I think it all works out really nicely because you think about, so what, Yaddle was on the council back in episode one, which would have been 
how long was episode one to three? Do we know how long that time? Episode four to six was about four years. One to three. Yeah. So he, so Padme says to Annie in episode Ew. two, because Annie's like 10 or no, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like 10. And they tell him he's too old because they usually started at like five or yeah. earlier. Um, and I think he's, because she's like, 15 in episode one and then he's like 16 in episode isn't he like 16 maybe 18 at most in episode two mm -hmm. and she's Is, probably like 25 he's only like a teenager then God. yeah i think he's only a teen here you guys talk about this while i google it i'm pretty sure he's only like a teenager yeah wow. so if we if we're kind of doing all the math here so 50 years is about right where yeah he's 20 in episode two i'm sorry okay so he was nine in so, episode one which took place yeah 10 years earlier so she's like so she's supposed to be like okay like 26 so she's like and, 26 in episode two and how many mm. years is it between episodes three and four uh that's really that was like big i thought it was like nine or 16 or something Oh my God, that's like the first thing that pops up. 19 years. 19 years, yeah. okay. So um, you're basically saying from what, like episode one to where we are now is... 35? 35 19, years because 30. the Mandalorian is five years after the fall of the Empire. Well, well look, it's what, it's 11 years between episodes one and three? Because you said he was nine and then he was 20? Yeah. He's 20 in episode two. 20 in episode two so that's 11 years mm -hmm. and then 19 years between three and four that's 30 and right there and four for the original trilogy plus five i mean you're looking at 40 years plus whatever time between two and three yeah no yoda like takes a nap for 10 years and then wakes up and bones, so he is you know? <laughs> well no that actually that timeline's perfect then yeah. mm -hmm. probably puts you right before episode one maybe mm -hmm. okay 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 but how would she sit on the council and hide a baby i don't know maybe, they well, lay maybe eggs. the baby wasn't hidden yeah they might lay eggs or maybe it's it wasn't a secret and that's how the empire knows about it because they mm. knew she was pregnant and it heard the death of the baby or the birth of the baby wasn't confirmed so if they got a lead that this baby was alive you know because it remind you why would they keep it secret in episode one? You know, the Jedi were in power. Mm-hmm. That's true. So it's like not like it was some big secret thing. I didn't think they could like, I didn't think Jedi's could like. Oh, love. duh. No, they totally can't. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I was like, what are you talking no, about? No, I'm just, okay, sorry. It would have been, it would have had to be secret because. You're right. It would have had, why did I, look, oh my gosh, if we had a thing right now, like 20 listeners would have just dropped off. It would have been like this bitch. <laughs> Whatever, guys. Okay. So you're right. I think she lays eggs for sure. <laughs> We're yeah. just going to lay eggs. <laughs> Damn explanation. So, okay. so here's my other theory then. So I don't think it's going to be a love child of Yodel, Yaddle, Yodel, Yaddle. I, no, I don't remember any of their names. Yoda. <laughs> Yoda um, and Yaddle. Yoda and Yaddle. Um, so I, I'm going to go out there and say that this is a clone of Yoda that he was unaware of. Oh, so man. I'm going to say that this was a clone 
just the not the mind like not a full-on clone with his memories and all that but like his body that was created by the emperor to use as like his own evil sith apprentice or maybe he wanted to use that body for some other reason um this pulls from kind of like the eu but like in that non-canon stuff the emperor continued to show up over and over and over again because he built clone bodies of himself could the plague darth plagueis yeah so he could just transfer his consciousness would just kind of go into the next body so what i'm gonna say is that he somehow i mean that dude was super sneaky um that he got some dna of yoda however and created his own little yoda body so that he could take it over one day or replace darth vader with his own apprentice and then that would kind of explain why they were like one how these former empire dudes even knew about this baby because they mm-hmm. they definitely knew about it and they were performing like weird experiments on it um and that's why he also said too, just get what you need and be done with it like right. and, and that you, the meaning um uh what's his name Vers verder you know, and then I haven't Whatever. been able to... <laughs> I forget the actor's name. But anyways, yeah, that's why he was like, just to the scientists, get what you need and be done with it. Meaning they just need the DNA. They don't need e- him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, you know, and so I didn't get this from Popular Mechanic, but I, when, <laughs> when we were oh, having... Oh, oh, oh. Werner Herzgar. Sorry. When, Go ahead. When oh, uh, we were having our uh, microwave installed and I had a long conversation about the Mandalorian with our installer. He, what, <laughs> what, what he told me, and I haven't been able to check this is that the nice doctor, I guess you would call him had mm-hmm. like the patch of the cloners on him from like the, like the, uh, prequel trilogy, you know, there's oh, all those. Jesus yeah. from episode, what? um, uh, yeah. Where to, Obi goes and visits the mm-hmm. yeah. where they're making okay. all those stormtroopers, those clone troopers. Right. So yeah. you know, if that's the case, and this is like a cloning doctor, then it would kind of feed into this fact that this is a clone that they are using for you know evil empire purposes. Nailed it, and then mm. that kind of gets rid of the whole Yaddle love story stuff. Then you don't have to introduce Yaddle and all this. Business. I don't even and, know how they would. Well, and it makes sense with what's happening with rise of the skywalker clearly mm-hmm. ray is a clone and that's why we see like dark ray and all this stuff so it's yep. we're bringing we're bringing clone into the mainstream now yeah well and palpatine's back i mean he's it's right. clear the day and the like you see, you hear his voice you see his robe mm-hmm. like he's he's back somehow like he didn't survive yeah. that fall like he's somehow there i mean they're you know, if they they want to introduce him in some way, like setting up that kind of clone stuff in the Mandalorian, makes a ton of sense to tie it all together. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, side note: Who is Rey a clone of? Where the hell did she come from? Because you don't just create a you know a clone's a clone. It's a clone of someone. Well, so this raises the question. Side note. To the side note. Um, can you clone force sensitivity? I mean, that's kind of an interesting thing Hmm. where if you, I don't know, is that something you can just copy? Well, that's probably, I think that's part of the whole, um, mystery of the force is that 
you're not copying someone that's force sensitive. I think, you know, the force, according to Alec Guinness, you know, it's, <laughs> it moves through us, it surrounds us, it binds the galaxy together. The source, is, the force is everywhere. And that's why you can use it on weak-minded people. So I think, you know, if, if you're force sensitive, in my opinion, it's not that you were born with it. It's that, you know, you kind of have this kind of soul that's open to uh, learning, that's open to understanding, that's open to empathy, because the force is all about being vulnerable and accepting those feelings mm -hmm. and using them to do better. So that's why when you have someone that goes bad, it's not that they were born bad, it's because they have started to channel, you know, something that we all have, which is anger, anxiety, frustrations, stress. It's when you start to channel those and those take over everything else because it's easier to channel those things than to accept, you know, failure and learn from it or anything. Mm -hmm. Think about how hard it is to apologize. That's why apologies aren't a normal thing. It's just easier to get pissed and not talk about it ever again. Mm -hmm. So I think, but I do like that question though. And I think the people that would choose, who, think about the only people that would ever choose to clone someone that's quote unquote force sensitive, evil fucking people. Jedi's right, would never clone sure. themselves. So if there is a clone, oh, oh here, I'm answering my own question. So if Ray is a clone, Ray is not the clone. Ray is the OG. Because if there's any clones of her, they were probably cloned by someone with evil motives. So they are trained to harness, you know, fear, anger, suffering. Yes. Ray never was. And why else would she be dropped off on a planet somewhere? She was probably cloned, saved, and then dropped off in, the, in Jakku because someone was like, we need to protect this person because they're the purest person. And the reason she was taken, the reason Ray was taken to be cloned was because of who she is. So I don't think Ray is no one. Her clones are no one. Ray is most fucking definitely someone. And that's why she was dropped off in the middle of nowhere and being protected. Is Ray a clone of Anakin? So that poses another question. When you clone, can you change, like, genders and stuff? Yeah, I mean, if you're just, I guess, I don't, I don't know, no, no clone expert, um, but... <laughs> well, no, hold on, let me pull up this popular mechanics article real quick. <laughs> yeah, what, <laughs> is, what does popular mechanics say about this? <laughs> Wait, hold on, let me just speak, okay, I think I kind of have an answer for your question. Um, I think... Let's just say for the sake of this conversation, yes. And the reason I believe that, yes being she is a clone of Anakin is because this film is called Rise of Skywalker and it is meant to conclude the Skywalker series. And yep. so if she's anyone other than a Skywalker, I, uh, what's the point? Because Luke is now a force ghost, which that doesn't mean he won't show up. I'm sure he's probably making some cameo in it. And also Anakin was seen around set or Hayden Christensen was seen around set. So I think, I think it definitely makes sense that he would be, and it would bring the entire six episode saga, or I'm sorry, uh, I'm kind of right. Nine episode saga to a close yep. because it all started saying he is the chosen one. And 
he was the chosen one in episodes one through three, and then he fell. You were the chosen one. You were my brother. You were meant to destroy. Wait, destroy, destroy the Sith. Not, not be, join not them. Not join them. And then you know, of course, you have him. You know, Return of the Jedi, yada yada yada. So with this whole resurgence of the Skywalker series, we have who is Vader's number one all-time enemy? Darth Sidious. And Darth Sidious is back, and the only person that can take him down is Vader. Yeah. And the clone of Vader should be the only person to do that. Hmm. And I think it's pretty fucking cool that they made Anakin's clone a female. Yeah, I mean, I'm no, I'm no scientist, but I... I don't know, you just mess up the chromosomes a little bit, right? Yeah, and turn an one to away. I don't know, you do oh, something. And guess what? <laughs> I just read on Twitter today that J.J. Abrams, he confirmed that Poe and John Boyega's character Finn are not together because, you know, that was like a gay ship that fans were yes. wanting. But he did hint at LGBTQ representation and the fact that, you know, this... Anakin Skywalker can be a new gender in this new life of his, you know, that kind of, uh, yeah. I think that's, that's cool mm-hmm. because you know, they're trans rights. You can be born what society would deem a man when you are in fact actually a woman. Mm-hmm. So that I think it's cool that Ray is, I, I hope because one, it's just fucking cool for the story that Darth Vader is kind of back and why Kylo has such a connection to her yeah mm-hmm. you know it's not that they're love interest it's that that's his grandfather as right. a clone yeah. you know mm-hmm. and it's just it's uh i think it's a really nice message um in terms of gender gender rights yeah for sure don't see much in mainstream movies so it'd be good not the mainstream i mean i don't know how much more mainstream you get than star wars I mean, maybe mm-hmm. mcu yeah. Yeah, um Oh, that reminds me of something that I wanted to say earlier that I forgot about Kara. I really like her too because she reminds me of Tessa Thompson's character, uh, mm-hmm. Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that, that side note, third side note. Side note. <laughs> side note. Yeah, I don't know. Do we miss anything? About the episode? Or about, about it all? About, just about anything. Do we miss anything we need you to know, talk about? Um, yeah, you know, actually, the. I think maybe the biggest part of the episode that I forgot to bring up earlier is that, so he declared or told us in this episode that Mando is not actually Mandalorian. Like he Mm -hmm. says it in the episode that they found him as a child. Like he's some, somebody else that they just found and like adopted, which um, I think is a big revelation just because, you know, we, I mean, the show's called The Mandalorian. We had no reason to believe that he was anything other than that. Um, so for him to kind of acknowledge that I was not born Mandalorian, um, I just thought was really interesting and kind of tells us about their way, you know, like how they adopted him in and, um, you know, he's living the life now. So I thought that mm-hmm. was like a really big revelation from that episode. Do you think maybe that's why... John Favreau's character when he was dressed up as the Mandalorian in episode or chapter three, the sin, why he was a little kind of harsh with him. Cause it's could like, be. he's not true Mandalorian. Yeah. Could mm-hmm. be. You know what I mean? Cause it's since their culture is so important and it's, yeah. it's also great. I think that that was another thing they helped clarify for viewers too, that 
and that's something I didn't know since we, before we started watching Rebels, Eric, was that I thought Mandalorians were just like the people in the suits. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Mandalorian is a race. Yep. That's mm-hmm. a planet. Yeah. Um, so they help define that as well. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Okay, that's all I had to say. That's it. You got anything else, guys? I have my I have I have my Easter eggs from the episode right here next oh, to me. Gosh. Oh, hook it we, up, Eric. Pass even... me that wine. Let's talk about those Easter okay. eggs and let's get some more wine. That's We're always gonna... one of my favorite things. Let's talk. I, I wine think or Easter eggs? That well, I mean, wine while talking about Easter. Wait, eggs. hold on. I'm going to put this in the microphone. So just so you guys know, we're not just. And this is perfect because. <laughs> oh, that sounds like I'm peeing. Here, yeah. it's actually yeah, it's a Cabernet. Well, um, there you go. A delicious one. Um, and it's perfect that you guys have started watching Rebels because one of them is a Rebels Easter egg. So. Oh, okay. So the first one was you know super obvious, but it was when. Uh, Mando was in the ship uh, at the beginning of the episode, and he called um, Baby Yoda a little womp rat, which the other time we heard about womp rats is when they were going to go blow up the Death Star in the original trilogy, and, you know, they got this tiny little hole, and he said, oh, I used to blast, you know, it's no bigger than a womp rat or whatever, and I used to blast (laughs) those in my thing, and so it's kind of a cool tie back to the originals, like, Oh yeah, womp rats. I remember those. They're, <laughs> womp they're the, rats. Yeah, they're the size of a Death Star opening or whatever. <laughs> um, and you know that Luke shoots in his blaster for whatever reason when he's blindfolded. Yeah. Um, Listen, okay. He just wanted to go to Tashi Station to get some power converters. <laughs> blast, blast a few womp rats. You know, no big deal. <laughs> um, second one is in the bar the uh animal that kind of growls and snaps at baby yoda yeah that was a loth cat so what's a loth cat you got you guys have been watching rebels right not much we're only on like episode four i think they're in the early ones so you'll you'll see them eventually but in rebels there's an animal on um ezra's home planet um it's called a loth cat and it's just it's it plays a big part in that series like they're all over the place. Um, oh, so, cool! Okay, because I thought it was kind of random. Yeah, so that makes so sense. It, it was, but it yeah. was funny though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a funny, a funny little moment. But you know, that's kind of what it was, and it's kind of a cool tie-in back to Rebels. Like the the cat shows up multiple times um, throughout the series, um, mm-hmm. sort of providing wisdom and guidance to Ezra at times. I guess. <laughs> Right. Um, it, doesn't, awesome. it, doesn't, it doesn't speak, but like he follows it around sometimes. So um, you'll you'll okay. get there. It's like a oh. lurkin, or right lurkin. I don't know what that is. That's mm. a, uh, Captain Marvel's cat. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. A gherkin. 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 Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Okay. so yeah. So you'll see those in Rebels. So um, you know, kind of kind of cool tie-ins uh, this episode mm-hmm. to uh, other parts of the universe. So. Not to mention the the Walker. I oh. thought that was so cool. Just like with the red lights. That was sick. It. I mean, it was just like, I've never seen it look so terrifying. It was, it was so like, just the way the stomp was. And the, so can we commend an, Bryce Dallas Howard who directed the episode, another female director. Mm-hmm. Just the whole like, <laughs> I was like, I feel like I'm watching Jurassic Park or I know, something. It was, it was very <laughs> suspenseful. You know? Because you didn't know what the hell it was. Right? You didn't know if it was like a creature or like. Uh huh. 
And I take back everything I said. I had after I watched the first Mandalorian episode, I sent out a tweet and I was like, I freaking love this. But you know, I wish there was more, you know, female representation. Like, come on, let's make the cab driver a female or something. But so the you know, halfsies so far on female directors. Mm -hmm. Like, how cool. Yeah, it's good. And they've done done such a good job. I mean, those their episodes have been amazing. My favorites so far, Mm -hmm. you know? Any more Easter eggs? No, that was it. Those were my two. My two for the week. All right, guys. Well, we'll be back next week recapping. New episode out this Friday. Um, Yes. We are super pumped. Check out our other podcasts. We have our longtime legacy podcast, Brad and Court Talk. They're amazing. If you love the Sci-Fi Network, listen to it. Eric and I haven't done Game of Thrones in a while. There's really nothing much to talk about, so we'll we'll jump on that. R.I.P. Well, once we get the more of the House Targaryen stuff, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hop that on up. there. Um, but yeah, let's put our helmets back on. Helmets Helmet, on. Helmets on, guys. I'll cut that out. What? That was good. Okay. All right. I won't. You, you leave it. Okay. Now we're helmets on. Helmets on. <laughs>